turn over to Romans chapter number 15. Romans chapter number 15. Maybe for some that have not heard some of this, I'm going to give a brief history of the Lord working in our hearts to be able to be here in Concord, share some of the scripture so that you know that the establishing of Granite State Baptist Church, um, the burden, burden for this came from the Lord and came from the scriptures. I have prayed every time in my life when there is I would say a a major decision to be made that God would confirm that with Scripture, that we would have a foundation to be able to stand upon and God would guide and direct us. My wife and I and family, we were perfectly content um, with the Rock of Ages prison ministry. We'd been with them for 15 years and uh, enjoying what we were doing. Not a lack of joy, not a lack of burden, not a lack of places to be able to go and be able to serve the Lord, be able to see lives change, but God started a stirring in our hearts. And that stirring was going on throughout 2012, and uh, we got to the end of 2012. We had had two churches here in New Hampshire that had contacted us about moving from Tennessee up here to New Hampshire to be able to be their pastor. And so while we were praying on the second one, we pretty well had some some thoughts in our hearts that they had contacted us. This is the direction we'd be going. We had peace that if God said go, sell out and we're going. And uh, there were some other moves that were made in the life of that church and God confirmed it in our hearts that wasn't what we were supposed to do and so in the midst of all that, that stirring was still taking place. And it didn't matter, I'll just be honest with you, it didn't matter if God said go to Africa, I'd pack up in a heartbeat and go. I'd been traveling back and forth there for 10 years, working with missionaries, working with pastors, and uh, I would have I gone in a heartbeat. And would have gone to the Philippines in a heartbeat. Would have gone to, to Asia. Would have gone across Europe, wherever God said to go. There wasn't one country I'd ever traveled to that... Uh, that I would have said any place but there, God. And uh, so as we were praying, I'll say this, I'm thankful that God brought our hearts back to New Hampshire. I had an old-time pa- preacher that walked by me one day, and he said, Peter, he said, God has too much coming up in New Hampshire for God not to have something for you up there. And uh, so we started praying. I looked at Crystal one day. I said, maybe God will just have us go start a church. And so automatically our hearts were drawn towards Concord, and uh, not because of any big thing, but just it's the center of everything for New Hampshire, and we just like being in the center of it. So we started thinking about New Hampshire and thinking about Concord, and I said, it's just the capitals right there. I said, it, it's just all around. And I said, that's, that's where I'd pray about. And uh, so I contacted a few and uh, just really wanted to dig into. We hadn't spent more than a few hours. My, my biggest exposure to Concord, which I can't say was a good one, um, was we were up with my dad up in Woodsville, New Hampshire, and it was Black Friday shopping time. And it was Thanksgiving, and uh, as a wonderful, loving husband, I got up at 1.30 in the morning and drove my wife to Concord 
and we sat and had coffee at 3.30 in the morning at the Dunkin' Donuts on Loudon Road, waiting for the mall to open. You know, back when the mall actually had things in it. And uh, waiting for the mall to be able to open or at least get within 30 minutes. And I went and stood in line with my wife for Black Friday shopping. That was my exposure to Concord. And you say, and God still had you come. And we started praying. One of the men I called was Brother Mike Nagley. And uh, I was living in Tennessee at the time. And I remember talking with Brother Mike. And I, I, I walk. My, my exercise is when I'm on the phone, I don't sit still and talk on the phone. I'll walk a mile in a circle. And uh, I just pace when I'm talking on the phone. So I, I walk my driveway back and forth talking to Brother Mike. And uh, I said, I'm just asking. I called Pastor Mark Bodanza. Talked with a couple others, talked with our pastor. I said, is there a need? And uh, Lord confirmed, there's a need. It, it's definitely there. And uh, so long story short, we came up, Brother Mike Nagley and his family and, and uh, another family, Josh Fogg, they lived out in Washington, um, Washington, New Hampshire. And uh, drove over an hour. They said, if you come, we'll help you get started. And uh, God started working our hearts. And God sold our house in Tennessee. But I asked God, I said, God, would you confirm it with Scripture? I said, I want you, I said, if, if Scripture's our final authority, I said, we've got to go to the Bible. And I said, we've got to have that. And I asked you to turn to Romans chapter 15. And I want you to see what the Apostle Paul said here. And, and I know this isn't talking about Concord, New Hampshire. Can I, can I say that? I understand that. The word, the, 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 the city, Concord, New Hampshire, I almost said Concord's not in the Bible, but it is. But it's just not talking about Concord, New Hampshire. And, uh, but the Lord brought me personally over to Romans chapter 15. In fact, after I got here, and don't worry and, and don't try to figure it out, but this was actually one of the passwords I had to start off with and uh, for something I used it. <laughs> but I'm going to start reading in Romans 15, verse 15. Look what Paul said to these Roman Christians. He said, Nevertheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly unto you in some sort as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God, that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. Ministering, look what he's ministering, the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. I have therefore whereof I may glory through Jesus Christ, in those things which pertain to God. And can I remind us, we have nothing else to glory of except those things that pertain to God. That way he gets the glory. He said in verse 18, For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ hath not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed through mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and roundabout unto Illyricum, I pronounce that wrong, can't even talk right now, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. And look what he says, verse number 20 and 21. Yea, so have I strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. But as it is written, 
to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see. And they that have not heard shall understand. Can I say as I read down through verses 20 and 21, it was God speaking to my heart. Listen, I know and and, uh, preachers from the south will tell you this, that there's just church after church after church just about on every corner down south. You can get into North Carolina, Tennessee, South Carolina. They don't necessarily, and don't take this the wrong way, they don't necessarily need more churches as they need what is professing as church now to get on fire for God and obey the word of God. But it was reading down through here and the burden that Paul had upon his heart is saying, I've strived to preach the gospel not where Christ was named. And we always knew that if God did something in our hearts and ever moved us here in the States, it would be back up to the northeast part of this country because we actually go back and forth between New Hampshire and Vermont for being the least Bible-minded states in the country. As far as those that go to church, after we moved up here, the statistic was right around either the 22 or 24% of those that were surveyed went to any type of church whatsoever, maybe once a month. And that's what they considered to be Bible-minded is going to any type of church once a month. And I say, well, that's what a lot of Baptists think is Bible-minded, going to church once a month. But it's not where Christ was named. One pastor said this after he got up here and after we were talking about the, the need that's in the area, he said, listen, he said, and he reminded me that the, the, the smallest light shines the, dark, shines the brightest in the darkest night. And he said, this is where one of the greatest needs of our country is. And he said, why would we desire to be anywhere else than where it is the darkest in America to be able to preach the gospel where the name of Christ is not proclaimed? And you know this as well as I do. There's not churches on every corner. There's not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God gave the promise. First of all, He determined in my heart that we were to go and start a church and not go take another church. Because as Paul said here, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. And God said, I want you to start. And He's just going to lay the foundation in and of itself and He'll start something and He'll complete it. But then he gave us the assurance in verse number 21 that, listen, we're not going to get up here and preach the gospel and not have anybody respond. He said that to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see. And they that have not heard shall understand. You say, well, this is the ministry of the Apostle Paul. But can I say this? This is God working in our hearts and the ministry and the focus of Granite State Baptist Church. This is what birthed it all in my heart. Of saying there are people that have never heard or seen what God is able to do in their hearts and lives. And God gave us the assurance, listen, I've heard of churches that have started. One pastor told me this. He said, we started a church and he said, for the first 90 days, he said, no one came except for me and my family. And that was the pastor and his family. He said, you talk about getting discouraging. 
He said, you talk about getting to the point of saying, okay, I'm preaching to my wife and three kids. Every service, they're starting to take it personal. <laughs> I mean, they're thinking we're just preaching at family. But we look at these things and we understand them. Listen, God gave the assurance. The way God provided and be able to meet needs. It was the desire of our hearts right off the bat, listen, that we were going to make sure to preach nothing other than the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, is what he said in verse number 20. This was the desire of Paul. So have I strived to preach the gospel. You know what's going to make a difference in people's lives is the same thing that made a difference eight years ago, is the gospel of Christ. Not personality, not persuasion. It's going to be the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that's going to make a difference. You say, Pastor, but over these eight years, look what's been done. Yes, God's done wonderful things. But may I say this? He's not just the God of the past, but He's the God of the present, and He's the God of the future, what God desires to do in our hearts and lives. We've had people that have come in, and there's been central themes through many that have come through. One central theme was exactly what I just mentioned there. They wanted Bible preaching. I don't understand how someone could go to the pulpit without a Bible. I, I, don't, I don't get that. I mean, what message are we preaching? I read after a lot of authors the same way a lot of people do, but may I say this, it's not the gospel of so-and-so that's going to make a difference. It's a Bible. It's the gospel of Christ. I'm not looking to come up here with some secular book and listen, not even a religious book and say, hey, let me, let me preach from this book today on what we found. No, it's coming back to the Bible. There's authority in this book here of saying, thus saith the Lord. There's a lot of good writers out there, but they're not my authority. The word of God is our authority. And understanding that this is what needs to be preached. And I've determined in my heart, and I've determined with every preacher that, that ever would come behind this pulpit, and I'm very picky about who's going to stand behind this pulpit and be able to preach. They're not going to come up with just some other message. They're going to walk up there with the Bible, and they're going to preach God's Word. Because that's what's going to make a difference. And that's been the way it's been from the beginning. Can I say this? I've never gotten up and preached a message without my Bible. And guess what? It's actually the same Bible. I'm getting ready to, uh, to retire this one and, and, and move on to, a, to another one to be able to have more room for some notes and everything in there. Same Bible. I preached my first message here in Concord, New Hampshire. Same Bible. And I thought, well, it worked back then. Same Bible I preached for three years out of the book of John and we worked our way through that. And I thought, what the Lord is doing, I want to reassure our church today that the foundation that we were founded upon is the same foundation that we will continue to build upon. And it's not going to change. We're not going to go a different direction. We're staying exactly where God desires us to be. And I'm saying this, if it was good enough to be able to start the church on, it was good enough to be able to preach, guess what? It's good enough to be able to stay with. Now, I'm not talking about 
methods changing. Aren't you thankful that methods have changed over the years? You can meet inside. You have indoor plumbing. Isn't that a blessing? I mean, we have electricity. We don't have to have, you didn't have to show up at four o'clock this morning to be able to get the wood stove going so it's warm enough to be able to come in church. You say, oh, I like the old time way. Hey, there's some modern conveniences that I kind of enjoy coming into church. How many thankful you're not sitting on an old 1800s pew this morning and this afternoon? Yeah. Aren't you thankful for four-inch foam chairs that we can have and be able to gather together? Hey, those aren't the things that I'm talking about this afternoon. I'm talking about it's still salvation by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing added, nothing taken away. We're going to stay with the Word of God. We're going to stay to preach the gospel. We're going to stay evangelistic. We're going to stay evangelistic. You say, what do you mean? I'm still looking for people to be saved. We still ought to be looking to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Do you know how word got out about Granite State Baptist Church? We started going around and knocking on doors. Miss Linda Stoll sitting back here. Do you know how she found out about Granite State Baptist Church? We walked by her house one day and put a door hanger on there saying, Hey, we're starting a church. Guess what? They came and they ain't been able to get rid of me ever since. Hey, it still works. Just getting the word out about what Jesus is doing and what he desires to do in people's lives. It's just getting the word out there. I still want to be evangelistic. Oh, that stuff doesn't work today. Hey, giving the gospel still works today. Still works. We just have to do it. There is no place that the Bible commands the world and the unsaved to come to the church house. But he does command for us to be able to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And I just want to encourage us today, listen, you say, well, eight years, that's not really a long time. I know church has been established for a whole lot longer than that. And praise the Lord. But you know something, at the 80-year mark, I'm praying we're just as faithful to the Lord as we are at the eight-year mark. And I can pretty well assure you I won't be the pastor at the 80-year mark, okay? And so it might be Autumn's new husband. 80 years from now. We'll see. I'm just saying what God desires to do. This is how God started working in our hearts. This isn't just something that we got, went and, and, and read another book somewhere. I want you to see what God put in our hearts for being able to come up. And I still think we ought to keep rolling. I think we ought to keep going with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to be able to see what God has for us in the future. Can I say this? After eight years, not everybody has heard in Concord. Not everybody's heard in Pembroke. Not everybody's heard in Chichester, in Epsom. Miss Mary Bailey, they were living at the time, they were living less than a mile from here as the crow flies. And I'm not sure who told them about the church, but they didn't come in until November, okay? We started having Bible studies and services just to be able to start gathering together back in September of 13. They started coming the beginning of November, and she said, my only question and complaint is, why did it take you three months so that we found out about it? And I said, we're doing the best we can. I said, trying to get out, and she started chuckling. She said, I just wish we'd found out about it sooner. And I wonder how many across our region are just waiting for someone to tell them about the Bible being preached, a loving church family, 
that's desiring to honor and glorify the Lord. I still believe that they're out there. I still believe that there's people that are desiring to have what we have by the grace of God right here at Granite State Baptist Church. I won't go through the entire history. At the two-year point, we bought this piece of property where we're sitting right now. I know you may not believe it, but it was nothing but a junkyard. Sit down sometime. We'll show you some pictures. Nothing but a junkyard. Brother Mike, you remember it. You couldn't even see the front of the building because it was so overgrown with trees and brush and a dirt driveway coming in. And literally, Miss Linda, I'm telling the truth, isn't it? Just a junkyard all the way around the parking lot. Dirt floor downstairs. Open metal building. I've never asked Miss Margaret or Miss Sue or Miss Dale what they thought when we first walked in here and said, hey, God could put a church in here. I see the cringe on Miss Dale's face. I had one family, they looked at me and said, uh, Pastor, I just don't see it. <laughs> and I'm saying, but I do. And God has it right there. And here it is. So much that we, we, we closed on a, on a Thursday, December the 3rd, and on December the 6th, on a Sunday, we had our first service downstairs. It was cold. We put heaters coming in underneath the garage doors. We went in for a tentative layout of the building and spray painted it on the dirt and on the what concrete was down there just so people could get a little visual of maybe what we could do downstairs. I come in on Sunday morning and I didn't know a whole lot, but I did realize you start putting all that heat in there. Okay, you're going to have condensation. There wasn't much insulation up here. It's exposed metal beams. And for 35 years, all the dirt and the grime and the oils and everything had just floated up and caked these beams right here. Then you add heat to it. And the condensation's mixing with the oil and the grime. And we come in, we had all our chairs set up, and there's just nice straight lines worth of dirt and grime that's dripped down onto all these chairs all across there. And we're coming in on Sunday morning saying, start wiping down some chairs. And we don't want to sit on oil and sit on dirt, sit on grime. Can I say this? God started working in an area. Started seeing some trees cleared out of here. Started seeing some things come together. Put up a tent next door. Had a tent meeting while we were working through the process of getting in here. You say, Pastor, why are you telling us all that? Because it hasn't always been this. And what God has done in eight years, I believe he wants to continue to do. I believe he's added on some property next door. I believe he has plans for moving forward. I believe that he's given a direction and at least we're going to be heading that direction. If God shuts the door, then God shuts the door. But we're taking steps to head that way. And I'm saying, Lord, would you help us? Would you burden our hearts? May we not get past the fact that there are still those. Can I say that, let me, let me read you again a burden that Paul had on his heart. And I kind of took this personally years ago. And uh, I told you things come from the Scripture. It was read this week, but in 2 Timothy, here's what Paul said. 2 Timothy chapter 4. You want to know the burden on Paul's heart? God spoke to my heart years ago. Paul took this personally. 2 Timothy 4, 17. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. And it's this phrase right here. That by me, 
the preaching might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear. Do you understand the burden that Paul had upon his heart? Now, he knew that there were churches established. He knew that there were other Christians. He knew that, but took it so personal, he said that by me, the preaching might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear. He said, listen, that's the goal of my life. He said, that's the burden that's upon the heart is that through him, the preaching might be fully known. Hey, why not preach to everybody that we possibly can? Why not give the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to everybody that we possibly can? And can I say over the years, and I mean this from the depths of my heart, God has brought in families to be able to come alongside, not above, not below. God's brought in families alongside for wisdom, for direction, for understanding that we labor together and see what God's doing. And I'm so thankful for that. But I want to encourage you. Listen, we're in this thing together. It's not our anniversary, my anniversary. It's our church's anniversary. Eight years of the goodness of God. For some, it probably feels like it's a whole lot longer than eight years. I'll be honest with you, for me, it seems like we just got started. And I don't even feel like we truly started. But yet God's doing some things. And so I want to tell you from my heart and just give this testimony that I'm thankful that the gospel still works and I'm thankful that God has given us a message. Now, by God's grace, and I was thinking on this the other day, eight years, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, Thursday night, eight years. On average, that's 150 services a year for eight years. That's 1,200 preaching times. Can I say by God's grace, I believe I haven't preached the same message twice. Miss Sue would let me know. She's got them all written down on the date beside it. If I bring up something, she'll go back and she'll look and she'll tell me the next day, you preach that on such and such a day. I told that to someone well over a 1,000 that, that we've probably preached here, and I said, well, really I can't say I haven't preached the same message twice. I said, because we know there's only about six messages throughout the Bible. I said, we just preach them from different places in the Scriptures. And I said, message is the same. I said, it's all about Jesus. And I want to encourage us as we keep going. Listen, let's be found faithful to the Lord. Some God has brought in this year. Let's close out the year strong. Some are coming in for the first of the year. Listen, let's, let's start off strong. Let's start off faithful. Let's not be looking for excuses to slack off. I, I want to be as fervent for the Lord when He comes back as I was when we started and asking the Lord to be able to do some great things.